Amen. Wow, it's a wonderful day. I've just been thank, you know, being thankful, grateful for all that the Lord is doing and how that he continues to bless our lives and how that um, no matter what happens, God is in control and we just kind of have to move on and get ready to receive God's blessing. You know, I was wondering, um, does God ever say no? And, and, and I know there are times we don't get what we pray for, but, and when God doesn't give us what we pray for, I was, I was just, this is just some thoughts, you know, today, today's message is, uh, again, on prayer, but I titled it, God Who Instructs Prayer Listens. God who instructs us to pray wouldn't do so if he wasn't listening. Now, he's all, if God knows all things and he knows our thoughts and he knows what we're saying, why is it that he would tell us to pray? And he, he instructs us to pray, and I'm going to go over the Lord's Prayer again, but it, you know, it's... it's uh, um, some congregations repeat the Lord's Prayer every, every, uh, every service. And so I'm going to do it again, read it again, but perhaps not stay as long on it as I did it a couple weeks ago. But it's important for us that God wants us, he gives us instructions on how to pray. And the instructions that he gave us, we, we look at them and we go, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you know. We know those phrases, we know those words, but what was the intention of God? What was God's intent? What was Jesus, his intent, whenever he was saying these things? And, you know, they, they are very important, but there's more than just a few lines and all, I didn't add up the words, but the, that number of words in which we say our Father. And uh, many churches refer to it as the Our Father. There are musical, uh, a musical version of the Lord's Prayer. And, but God taught us to pray, and he wanted us to pray because he's listening. Now, we sometimes don't see the value of praying. We are worried. It's not prayer. Uh, whenever we are, we are actually stopping and asking God in that moment for direction, for help, for a specific thing. And we're going we're to look at that in a minute. But God instructs us. He gives us instructions, and he wants us to listen that he, and for us to know he is listening. Now, uh, the, the disciples, they said to Jesus, uh, why don't you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples in Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 2. And our Father, which art in heaven. Now, again, just breaking it up a little bit, and I'm not going to do as, hopefully as much as in-depth as we did before, but our Father, Jesus could have said my Father. My Father who is in heaven but he was including us. He's telling us that we belong to this. <laughs> we belong to him. He belongs to us. And God is our father. And whenever we're saying this, God, my father. Now, the trouble most many have is if they didn't have a good father image, they have a hard time seeing God as father. Because an earthly father who was 
maybe not there, maybe who was abusive, maybe who was a person who put somebody down, maybe was the best, but our, our image of our Father needs to be a, an image that we see in God, what he has given to us. And, and sometimes our earthly father can be the analogy, but often our earthly fathers, no matter how good, they, they are not equal to God, okay? Now, our Father who art in heaven, do you ever think of this? In heaven, this is where all of our loved ones are. Our loved ones are all in heaven, the ones who have died. Uh, they're, they're gone, but God is in heaven with our loved ones, and, and heaven is our home, that one day we will be there with him. So our Father, my Father who is in heaven, my place of dwelling, that I'm, I am an eternal being, and I will be there in heaven with God. This is where I'm going someday. So as we look at this, my Father who is in heaven, who our, future is already, our future is already set. So we often think that, well, this is the need I have. It's very pressing. If I don't get this, it's all going to fall. But, you know, those same things that were there 10 years ago aren't there now. <laughs> it's, so my, it's, set, it's set in heaven. My Father, who is with my family in heaven, where I am going, and I am headed in that direction. Oh, God, how lovely and hallowed, how reverent is the name of Jesus. Revered, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. Thy kingdom, thy will. Thy kingdom and thy will. God's kingdom is in the hearts of men, women. Thy kingdom come. God, let your kingdom come and let your will be accomplished in me as it is in heaven. Going back to heaven, heaven is my home, and here I am. So whenever I am looking at my needs and looking at my life and looking at the goods, the bads, the uglies, you know, and when I see and I'm caught off guard by the trauma of our society and our world and we're wondering and worried, God, your kingdom come. You think, think about it when Jesus was here. The Roman Empire was ruling over Jerusalem, over Israel, over most of the world. And Jesus says, let your kingdom come. Your will be accomplished. And here they are, virtual slaves to, uh, to a Roman occupa occupa occupation of their, of their country. But Jesus is talking about not that kingdom, but the kingdom in our own lives. Hallowed and reverent, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven, in heaven as it is in earth, what are we made out of? Jesus, God put us, he formed us from the dust of the earth, <laughs> breathed into us the breath of life. We became a living soul. In earth, let your kingdom be done in this earthly vessel, dust to dust, ashes to ashes, you know, we're, we're going to go back to the, the, you know, the same place we came from, dirt, <laughs> but our, our body will, but God will resurrect it and it will be eternal. So let your will, Father, we are in love with your name. <laughs> Give us this day. <laughs> God, your provisions are daily. You know, there are things that we pray about that we think we need. 
but God will always provide when the day arises. When the day arrives, God will be there. So when we're praying for something, we do not need to be caught off guard that it's not happening. When the day comes, when it's there, it will happen. You know, we were talking with a lady that um, uh, works or volunteers at Flight 93. And she was in Florida and was at some memorial for whatever, Flight 93. And anyhow, she stops and asks a police officer um, directions and, and walked off and they gave directions and went back and says, well, the reason I was asking directions was that, um, you know, I work and volunteer at Flight 93 in Somerset. And here that police officer was the one who trained one of the uh, ladies on flight 93 who was killed. So what are the chances of going to Florida to cross paths with a person that that volunteer had a special connection with because that lady's telephone call is on flight 93's memorial? Because when she called her husband he wasn't there to receive, he was there, but he didn't wake up to receive the call. And she left a message on the answering machine. And that message is played at Flight 93. And the guy who trained her as a police officer, she crossed paths with him at a big gathering. What are the chances? As your day is, so shall your strength be. That give us this day our daily bread. God will provide. He will bring opportunities to our intersections, to our lives. Things are not out of control. Things are very much in control. That we are, we are on a path that is directed by God. And, he's, and one of the things that we always have to keep clear is that there be no sin, missing the mark, allowing things and mistakes that we've made in the past or the present to interfere with our relationship with God and with this clear path of God's provision into our life, we, made, we need to make sure that there's nothing hindering that flow into our lives. And so he says, God, forgive us. Let us all, forgiveness is not an option. I must be forgiven in order for the complete blessing of God to flow into my life. Because if I don't believe that God can forgive me of all my sins, then I don't really believe that he can provide for me. That his provision is so great, every failure in our life, every mistake in our life is erased, forgotten, never to be remembered against us again. If we can't accept that, how can we accept the fact that God is going to give me provision for today? And then... Forgive us, and as also we forgive everyone that is indebted. And forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive those who are indebted to us. For they are indebted to us. They hurt me. They are in debt to me. And I forgive their debt. <laughs> I forgive their debt. They hurt me and I forgive them. Lead us not into temptation. God, 
don't allow our sins. You know, um, what's the scripture? That we are, you know, we are all tempted and enticed in our own, with our own weaknesses. And so, the, and lead us not. God, don't let me be led astray by myself and deliver us from the evil one. God, you've already destroyed the evil one. The evil one, is, his work has already been destroyed at the cross. So therefore, remember that sin and evil and all that have no control over our life and that evil has no place in our, in our future. Evil people may try to influence us, but that's not, you know, God keeps them. I, I like the idea, and I think I said this before, in Job that, go, you know, uh, Satan says, I can't get to Job because you put a hedge about him. Well, outside of that hedge is the devil trying to tempt us to get outside of God's protection. <laughs> so don't go there. <laughs> deliver us from the evil one. He, you know, deliver us, let us be delivered in our hearts and minds to what God has done. For thine is the kingdom... Thine is a kingdom. It's your kingdom. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The end of the prayer is, for thine is the kingdom. This is Matthew 6, 13. For thine is the kingdom and the power. Heaven and earth, us. It is God's kingdom alive in us. Then the power, according to the power that is alive in us, God is at work. And that the glory, the glory, it's all about you, God. And forever, forever. Um, there was something I was reading this morning, and it says that the goodness of God is such that we believe that his goodness will continue in our lives forever. <laughs> so as we are thankful to God in the present, we are forever is saying God is going to continue to be that to me in the, in the future. Do not allow failures of the past to somehow creep into the present. Let that go. God has a blessing for us. Now, <laughs> verse uh, 14 says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We have to have a clean vessel, this one. And, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass. The importance of this forgiveness is so valid, so valuable to us, that Jesus is saying, this is how we pray, and I, we mentioned about forgiveness, but I'm going to let you know again, you have to forgive their, their trespasses to you. You have to let it go. No matter how right you are in not liking them or avoiding them, and you are 100% right, it doesn't mean that you allow their sin, their wound, um, their wound. When somebody has done something wrong to us, they have wound, there's a wound that is created. God, heal my wound. The wound that they have given to me, I forgive them, Lord, heal the wound so that when I see them or hear them, that wound, <laughs> it's not there anymore. I remember, but I'm not wounded. <laughs> now, verse um, 4, verse 8. 
I think I'm on the right page here. I have many pages here. Um, but let me tell you this, Jesus says. Well, no, that's not it. I lost my place. Oh, okay, here we are. Verse 5 and 6. Sorry. Verse 5 and 6 of after, the, after Jesus has done the uh, thy kingdom come, I mean, after the Lord's prayer, he says, now this is Jesus talking. Ready? Imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up and I don't have a thing to ha- on hand. Now, Jesus has just told us about praying. Now he gives us this story. And the story is very, very important. Because ask, and and just a little further down here, he talks about ask, seek, knock, all right? That if, you know, if you will um, ask and seek and knock, ask and it will be opened unto you. Ask and you'll get, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. That's verse 9, just a little further down. But what he does is he illustrates the ask and the seek and the knock in this story before he gets to the, that phrase. He says, imagine. Now, what is the ask? Well, a friend has come by. So what happens whenever I ask? Uh, whenever I have a need, uh, I seek. And what is he seeking? He's seeking three loaves of bread. And what is he doing? He's knocking. He's knocking at the door of someone who can provide his need. Now, where we fall short is, well, I ask, I, I know what I'm seeking, and I know, and I asked for it, and I knocked, and they didn't answer the door. So what do we do? We go away. What if there is no, what if there is no, no, in God's, in, in the request that we are making to God? If there's not a no, God isn't saying no to us. What is he saying? Well, first of all, he says the friend answers from his bed. Now, we don't understand this scenario because we live in houses with many rooms. Now, I always wondered how the mining community here and other mining towns and so on, half of a double house, there's a husband and wife, there's two bedrooms and one bath, there's a husband and wife and eight kids. Where does everybody sleep? You know? Double beds, bunk beds, the, the, you know, the couch, the floor. I, I counseled a guy, you know, years ago that when he was growing up, his parents didn't have enough money to heat the house, so at night he would roll up in the rug on the floor. That was his, that's where he slept every night, on the floor, rolled up in a rug. And, and that's how he grew up. He said, I didn't know there was anybody else didn't have beds. I thought everybody slept like that, you know? You know, I thought everybody had snow on the windowsill when they woke up in the morning, you know? <laughs> but you see, at that time, they maybe had two rooms, 10 by 10. If you look at the old archaeological digs of, of houses and things, the, the poor people, the common people had 10 by 10s rooms, maybe two of those rooms together. So here you got a guy in bed with his kids in, in bed. So they're, they're laying all around him. So he's telling them, a friend asked for him, don't bother me, the door's locked, my children are all down for the night, the children are all laying around here, and I'm not going to step on them to get you three loaves of bread. <laughs> okay? I can't get up and give you anything. So that is the declaration to the prayer. The ask, the seek, and the knock. I'm asking for a friend. 
I'm seeking for bread, and I'm knocking at your door. All right? Now, this is not about grumpy old men. <laughs> okay? It's not about a grumpy old men. All right? Um, see, do we have enough faith to let no not be the final answer? Is that your final answer? I'm not getting up to get you bread. Is that your final answer? <laughs> I'm not accepting that. Now, but let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, now, he's a friend, okay, I'm here, my friend has shown up, I'm asking a friend to give me some bread, and the friend says, no way. Now, if you stand your ground, if you stand your ground and keep knocking, that's faith believing that the door will open. Knocking and waking all the neighbors. <laughs> okay. Jesus is telling us this, okay? Here he is, this little village, and, he's, and the guy is, Jesus is telling, he's beating on the door, I need three loaves of bread. Bang, bang, bang. I'm not getting out of bed. Hey, everybody, he's not going to get out of bed. What a cheapskate. <laughs> He's waking up the neighbors. And they say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. He finally gets up and get, gets you what you need. See, the need is still there. The answer is no, but the need is still there. Do we keep on knocking? See, that's where we have a hard time keeping keep going. All right? Jesus says, here's what I'm saying. Ask, and you'll get. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened. <laughs> this is what Jesus is telling you. Now, asking, seeking, and knocking. Now, he goes on to say, don't bargain with God. <laughs> Ask for what you need. Did you ever have someone come to you and they give you this long story? <laughs> I like whenever Rhonda, and she's very good at, you know, explaining the details. Well, we, we bought uh, this, the, the camper down in Florida, and this, uh, the, um, he was a, a Cuban, and uh, he was the, the head of all the mechanics there at this, at this RV place. And... Um, you know, he's spoken with us a number of times. We're getting things fixed up and stuff. And he says to us, he says, tell, he tells Rhonda, he says, if something goes wrong, you call me. And he says, don't give me the details. <laughs> Just tell me what you need. <laughs> don't tell me where you're at. Don't tell me what's all this other stuff. Just tell me what you need. <laughs> you know, and, and that was, God is saying, don't bargain. Just what is it that you want? Because we need to focus on what, God, what we want from God. That's why we're asking. We're, we're focusing on what the need is. This is why we're seeking. Now, there's something more here. Oh, yeah. This is not a cat and mouse game. It's not hide and seek we're in. You see, 
It's not the shell game. Ready? If your little boy ask, if your little boy ask for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on your plate? If your little boy asks, see, hide and seek, God isn't playing games. If your little boy asks for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? You see, if we are asking for something specific, seeking for something, for something specific, God isn't going to play a game. He's not going to, he's not going to let me get him with this one. Oh, <laughs> spider, you wanted an egg? Okay, there it is. Ah, fooled you. God isn't like that. As bad as you are, Jesus is telling us, as bad as you are and as funny as you think you are, <laughs> you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're a decent, you, you are, you're at least decent to your own children. Don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask him? Do you think that God is not going to give you himself? Because we are seeking for the giver, not the gift. We are, we are seeking for the Savior, not just the forgiveness. We're seeking for the provider, not for just the need. And you see, the Holy Spirit that God, is going to, that God gives to us is going to direct our steps, going to direct our thoughts, going to help us in our prayers. He is going to, he's going to pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. That God is, whenever we pray, we're praying and asking God for his blessing. And he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the answer to all the things that we need. I often think of Solomon and how that, there were, you know, here he is, the king, and, and, and um, all the things that he needs, you know, there's all different needs we have. So rather than seeking all the needs, you know, the answers to all the needs, he seeks for wisdom from God that he will be able to answer all the needs that come. In our life, when the Holy Spirit, we're praying for something, we're praying for a need, we're praying for healing, we're praying for a specific problem, a specific thing, a specific person. God is going to not necessarily answer the prayer. He's going to give us the Holy Spirit where we can then comfort those who mourn, where we can help those who are in need. <laughs> did, did you know that to, to run the kingdom of God takes lots of money? <laughs> you know that? Well, God then is not above providing that through each of us and through all of, his, all of his children. You see, God's blessing is more than just taking care of the daily need that we have is that we are not just feeding ourselves, we're feeding others. 
So my daily need is not just enough for me to eat. My daily need is that I can have enough in abundance to feed others. And the miracle is that God will give to us the five loaves and two fish. And here we are as a kid, not knowing what to do with such a great need. And the Holy Spirit comes to our life and takes what we have and multiplies it in the hand of God to meet the needs of all those around us. So when we are praying and God is saying that I will give you the Holy Spirit, I will give to you the answer. I will give to you he who is the answer. I will give to you he who is the power. I will give to you he who deserves all the glory and the blessing. So when we pray, be specific. Don't bargain. God, I need this because if I have this, we can do this. And No, I don't need to bargain. God knows the need. And so I ask him. You need strength, you need wisdom on a test. God, give me the wisdom to study. <laughs> study what I need. Study it so I understand it. So when I understand it, I have, I have the answers. You see, it's not that we have to beg him. It's that our determination is an expression of our faith in God's goodness not in the, the goodness of the guy who has the bread and who won't give it to us. <laughs> My faith is in the one who will <laughs> provide. My God who will provide my every need. And you know, when my needs are provided, what am I doing? I'm sharing it with more people than just me. Because the braggart, the fool, has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool says, I must build bigger barns to keep everything. You fool. What you have is not just to be consumed upon yourself. It's to be given to others. In our, in our Bible school this week, or I call it Bible school, but in our sports camp, everyone, all the people who were here, everyone had a part in that. In that. And that what you gave is out of what you had. And what you have is that gift of the Holy Spirit to touch other people's lives. And you don't know what that is going to do, that seed that you put in someone's life. You don't know where it's going to, what it's going to grow. That's the abundance of the Holy Spirit working through your life. Hmm. I wrote this. It's my adaptation to the Lord's Prayer. My Father who lives in my heart. You are my creator. I love your name. Your name means everything to me. Do not let me miss your best in my life. I thank you for your daily provisions. They flow like a flooding river into my life. My Father, forgive me. Forgive me. Help me to forgive those who have wounded me and heal my wounds. Jesus, you have conquered the devil. You have conquered the evil one and all who follow him. For you see, God, this is your kingdom. It is your will that is to be accomplished by your power for my life and for all 
that I will touch and serve. Father, you are eternal. Now, I am eternal with you forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Shall we stand? Father, we are indeed grateful for your river of blessing that flows into our lives. (laughs) God, there is a great river, a flood tide that flows into our lives. God, let us not put up restrictions as to how much can get in, (laughs) but God, let us be open to how that you will change and move and let your power flow through us. We ask God for you to Help us see the blessings that you want to give to us that we can meet the needs of others. Amen? You may be seated. (laughs) And I believe Rhonda went down to get the... You didn't go down? Oh, I saw her taking off.